All right, everybody, welcome to Sister to Sister. It is Tuesday, and it's Trish Carr with Women's Prosperity Network. And it's my pleasure to be with you again today with another fabulous guest. And what we do simply here is share the experience, uh, the Black experience in America. And every week I have on one of my amazing sisters who shares what happened in their life so that we can all open our hearts and open our minds to what racism looks like now, today, and what people have experienced as well in the past. And today my guest is Tracy Oriomi, and I know many of you know Tracy. She's a proud Women's Prosperity Network member. She has been in the financial services industry for 17 years. I almost said 15. It's 17 years. I know she doesn't look anywhere near old enough <laughs> to be in the industry that long. In fact, one of the greatest things when I first met Tracy, you're so generous. The first thing that you did was you offered everybody who was on our networking call that day the opportunity to get a book from you free in the mail, no charge. And it was this great book called How Money Works. And I love this. It says, stop being a sucker. And it's a small book with a major message about how you can increase money based on just what you have right now, not even having to, you know, make an extra income or any of that. So Tracy is really a generous and a really smart woman. Um, she, you know, she wants to educate, inspire, and empower mostly women to make smart financial decisions because when we empower one woman, Tracy knows, you empower a community. Um, she's also a health and wellness advocate because she believes that health is wealth. So that, that is a really smart thing. Tracy, one of the things you did, and I can see it in your backdrop, was because of the pandemic especially, you were concerned about women-owned businesses, right? And you wanted to um, do something. So you started an online networking group called Women in the Black as opposed to women in the red, black, red, you know, the, right, the terminology around finances, because you want to embrace in the black living. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, she's also an amazing um, mom of two amazing young adults. And she is in the ministry. She's the vice president in the women's ministry at her church. She's in a Leeds club. She's a member of Toastmasters. She lives in Powder Springs, Georgia. And for those of you who don't know that area, it's right near Atlanta, uh, one of my old hometowns that I still love to this day. And this is one thing I want to leave you with before we get into our conversation. Tracy's motto is don't wait for the perfect moment. Take the moment and make it perfect. I love that. Tracy, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me, Tris. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Yeah, and I know you had a lot going on today. And, you know, everybody who comes on this show is somebody who's, who's out there making things happen. And I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here today. So let me go right into it. And um, again, thank you for sharing. One of the things I want to mention is that my good friend, um, Leslie Warren, who was my very first guest on Sister to Sister, said to me, you know, um, be aware, Trish, I've been getting a lot of schooling, right? I grew up white socialized, right? That's how I grew up, a white woman. Every day I wake up white. And um, 
one of the things she's been schooling me on things to be aware of. And she said, one of the things to be aware of is every time somebody comes on your show, understand that they're opening a wound of some kind, that it's something that happened to them that may not necessarily be pretty, may not necessarily be nice, and may not necessarily be something they want to share. The other thing that she told me was, you know, many people of color believe it's not your job to educate white people. And it's up to white people to educate themselves. So when you are willing to come and share, please know I do not take it lightly. And I appreciate you opening your heart to hearing what uh, Tracy has to say. So let me go ahead and turn it over to you, Tracy. Thank you um, so much, Trish. And thank you again for having me. Um, this is a wonderful, wonderful platform. And it's wonderful um, you know, that you're wanting to um, learn about other uh, people's experiences. Um, that's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, I want to share something that happened to my son, actually, um, a couple of years ago. He's, a, he's an amazing young adult, um, graduated from Auburn University, War Eagle. And a couple of years ago, um, when he was still in school, he was, at, he was home visiting, um, you know, for the summer. And he was leaving a friend's home and was headed home and was pulled over. And he was pulled over for what the officer said, failure to maintain lane, whatever that means. Um, but instead of just giving him a ticket for a failure to maintain lane, he asked my son to get out of the car My son uh, was very obedient, very cooperative. He got out of the car and he asked my son if he had drugs in the car. And my son said, no, I don't do drugs. You can ask any of my friends, I don't do drugs. Anyway, he had my son get out of the car. He searched the car. He didn't find anything. Then he proceeded to um, go in my son's trunk, open the trunk of my son's car, hoping to find something, didn't find anything. Then he had my son uh, walk the line, you know, to take a test to, you know, make sure he was sober. sober. And he was, I mean, there was nothing going on with him. He was just leaving a friend's house um, and headed home. And, um, you know, the officer, uh, um, you know, was, was just not very nice. And it was a very unpleasant experience for my son, something that he shouldn't have had to experience. and. Um, you know, there was just really no need for that. And I just don't think that would have happened to um, another person, someone of a, of a different uh, persuasion, if you will. You know, just little things like that, uh, being racially profiled. Um, and it's something that, you know, a lot of our, our young men and young women experience. If you're getting pulled over for failure to maintain lane, why, is your car being searched inside and out? Um, you know, I guess the officer was hoping to find something and, 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 and he didn't find anything. And that was pretty humiliating for my son. I imagine it was. And you know, I can hear people, there are probably people who are saying, well, that happens to people and it's not necessarily because he's black. And one of the things that I've learned 
in doing this show is that maybe that's true. Okay, maybe it's true. Maybe because he was in his 20s, right? Could be, oh, it's just a guy in his 20s. But what I've learned during this show is that we're all coming from different experience. And for me, I don't have a past of repeated incidents where I felt persecuted. Whereas I'm sure your son does. I'm sure your son just by waking up and seeing the news and seeing what can happen to young black men has a whole different experience of life than a young white man. So I, I hear what you're saying in that it certainly appears that that cop was overstepping, overreaching, abusing his power simply because your son was a young black man. It felt that Absolutely. way for sure. Absolutely. And I have a friend um, whose son was um, arrested for almost having a party. What? You know, he, almost having a party. I mean, it sounds really ridiculous. Um, he, was, he had a couple friends over and they were getting ready to have a party. So there were kids coming through the neighborhood, you know, parking and so forth. And believe it or not, the party hadn't even started. There was nothing was going on, no drinking, no nothing was going on. The officer uh, comes up to the house and um, he said, what are you doing? And he said, I live here. It's a very nice neighborhood in North Atlanta. He said, I, I live here and getting ready to have a, a get together. Well, lo and behold, the cop arrested him his son came, his um, girlfriend came out of the house. He arrested the girlfriend. Another buddy came out of the house. Nothing was going on in the house. They searched the house, nothing was going on. They arrested them for what they call social hosting. Have you ever heard of social hosting? No. Social hosting. I mean, just <laughs> never heard of such a thing. And these are good kids, um, never been in trouble before college graduates, and just because they want to have a party in a nice neighborhood, um, you know, they get arrested for a social home. Do you think somebody called the cops? Which makes no sense. I believe one of the neighbors called the cops because they saw, you know, a lot of black kids um, congregating. Someone called the cops and the cops immediately broke it up and said, hey, we're arresting you for social hosting. The party hadn't even started. The DJ had not even arrived. The DJ had not even arrived. There was no music playing or anything. The party hadn't even started, but apparently they didn't want these kids, you know, in their neighborhood having a party. So the officer arrested three of the kids for, or young adults, for what they call social posting. Do you know what the outcome of the case was? It's in litigation right now. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I said, so they couldn't come up with anything else? Social hosting? I mean, like I said, the DJ hadn't even arrived. The party hadn't even started. And they were very obedient. But apparently, someone called the cops and said, you know, we don't want, it's too many young black kids around here. We, you know, yeah. we don't want this. And, you know, this is another example where small, incidents over and over and over again 
lead people to believe that there are racist people out there just for no reason other than I have black skin. It's another example of, I mean, I've never heard of that happening to any group of young adults that I am know. In fact, I hear so many stories of young adults. I have a friend, I'll never forget, who lives in Atlanta. And her son was, he was, uh, I don't know, 15, 14. And he went to Tucker High School, which is predominantly black. He's a white boy. And he, all his friends black to this day. He's usually the only white kid in the group. And when he was like 14, 15, they were heading to the bowling alley and they were waiting outside the bowling alley in Tucker, uh, it, which is near Atlanta, for those of you who don't know. And um, probably six black kids and him, seven kids all together. And they were just hanging out, talking and making noise like kids do. And the cops pulled up and started literally harassing them. They were waiting outside for one or two other kids to get there. And mm -hmm. the story that they tell is that all we were doing, mom, was just hanging out, having fun in the parking lot. We weren't doing drugs. We weren't doing anything bad. We were just mm -hmm. getting ready to go bowling. And not only did they get harassed, but my friend's son was thrown to the ground, put his face on the ground, on the tarmac we're talking here. We're not talking on grass. He got yeah. all bit, all mauled by this cop who simply was, it appeared to be abusing his power. So having experienced that, and I know this kid, he's a good kid and he hangs out with good kids. Mm -hmm. So why would something like that happen? Probably because he was with six other black kids. That's the truth. That's what my belief became at that moment, because I didn't, there's no way. So this story is shocking to me that the cops would be called by someone in the neighborhood, in a nice neighborhood, which we know is a euphemism for a white neighborhood, right? That's what it's called. Right. A nice neighborhood if it's white, it's a bad neighborhood if it's black. We all know it. That's what's said. Mm -hmm. And because they were in that neighborhood, it was too much for people to handle too many black people together having a good time. They were afraid it would get out of control. Right. They called the in, cops. In, in 2000, uh, 2019, this last year, yeah, 2019, yeah. this is yeah. not 1950. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you sharing these stories. And I know you have many of them from your own experience, from your kids' experience, and from just people that you know, like I have stories that didn't happen to me, but I've heard from other people. So that's what this broadcast is about, is to start a conversation. You know, I'm all about conversations, right? That's the name of my book, is, is just a conversation. It's to start a conversation among white people, to speak to your black friends and acquaintances and people that you know, and each other about these experiences so that we can all open our hearts first of all and then our minds to what is really happening for people of color and it's you know we talk about black people on this show in a couple of weeks i'm going to have a woman on who's a muslim and she's going to share her experience because it's it's people of color in general who are getting the short end of the stick so i want to recommend something that my sister susan gave me uh, my sister Susan Winter, many of you know her, um, 
she gave me this book and it's called The Third Option. The Third Option. And it's written by Miles McPherson, who is a pastor. And what it is, is trying to really look at racial, racial division from a spiritual perspective. And um, it's, it, it says here, it, John Gray, who you know, who wrote the book, Mars and Venus, he says, it's the most profound message on reconciliation and healing that I have ever heard. And it's a movement that you have to be a part of. So um, Miles McPherson is the pastor of Lakewood Church. And get this, he was an NFL football player for several years. And the foreword is written by football player Drew Brees. So I just started reading it. You can see I'm just only a few pages into it, but it's really good. And I wanted to really offer it to my people, especially people who come from spirituality, from, you know, love your neighbor. It's a different take on, um, on what's happening, not only in our country, but all over. So thank you. Anything you want to share, Tracy, before we wrap up? Well, you know time? what, uh, Trish, I'd love to um, share something um, from my grandmother's experience. She was born in South Georgia, and um, she worked as a maid. She was a maid uh, for a good part of her life. She was born in 1920 and died at the age of 95. When she worked as a maid, the lady that she worked for, she cooked for her, she cleaned for her, she took care of her children. But guess what, Trish? She spent all day in this woman's house. And the lady that she worked for did not allow her to use her bathroom. Didn't allow her to use her bathroom. Mind you, she could cook, clean, take care of her children do all of those things but she was not permitted to use the bathroom so can you imagine having to go to work and go all day without using the bathroom unbelievable she would also pick my grandmother up because my grandmother didn't have a car so she would pick my grandmother up from home and my grandmother was not permitted to sit in the front seat my grandmother had to sit in the back seat now she didn't mind picking my grandmother up but she couldn't sit in the front. She had like Miss Daisy, driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I just want to say, you know, it's easy to judge and it's more difficult to understand because understanding requires compassion and patience, you know? And, you know, through judging, we separate. And through understanding, we grow. So I think we need to learn to understand one another so that we can, we can grow and better, you know, become a better world. It's all about understanding and not judging. Yeah, that was really profound. It is about having compassion and understanding. And when you judge, and we're all human, so we're, we're actually wired to judge very quickly. It, it, it just becomes impossible for you to see another side if you're judging right away. So thank you, Tracy. I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for taking the time out of your day. And thank you so much for sharing that story about your grandmother. You know, it brings back, uh, rem, rem, oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the movie now, 
the movie about the mathematician who worked at NASA and when she had to go to the bathroom, she had to like run a half a mile to go. And the movie, The Help is another good example of what you're talking about. Yeah, so, I took my grandmother to see that and it brought back memories for her. I'll bet. And these are other ways that we can start to open up our minds and our hearts is to watch movies like The Help. If you've never seen the movie The Help, it's, it's hysterical and it's eye-opening because it really shows you how people were treated and in many cases are still treated only in much more subtle, covert ways. And that's the whole idea is to look at what are these ways that people are being treated differently simply because of the color of their skin. Absolutely. So, and Bob Marley said, before you start pointing fingers, make sure your hands are clean. <laughs> totally. And you know, the old thing, when you point fingers, there's three more coming back at you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tracy, for being here. I really do appreciate you. And thank you everybody for watching, for being a part of the change that we wanna see in the world and for sharing this message. Just hit share on your, on your uh, Facebook and share it out to other people because this is real life with real people. This isn't the news. This isn't you know, the, the, the divided, political scene that we're living in right now. This is the reality of people's lives. And that's what this show is about. So thank you for being here. Thank you, everybody. Hope you have a great rest of your day, everyone. Thank you for having me, Trish. It was a delight to be here with you today. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, Tracy. Bye, everybody. Bye now. That was good. We're off Facebook now. Oh, okay. That's okay. good. And, and now I'm going to stop the recording. So thank you, everybody, for watching.